0: Hello and welcome. You are now listening to
1: The Junk and Jam Hour, a live talk radio broadcast, a full 60 minutes of laughs, fun, and money. Well, maybe not money, but do take pleasure in the fact that you'll be getting to know someone new, like an artist, a musician, an author, or perhaps, a silly clown. That's got to be worth something, am I right? Anyway, I really don't get paid enough for this. This is The Junk and Jam Hour, only on
0: Radio Free Brooklyn. And now for your on-air host,
1: silly clown, Christopher Albert. Hello there. You are listening to The Junkin' Jam Hour. I, of course, am your host, Christopher Albert. De La Roa, Uh, you are listening to us, of course, on Radio Free Brooklyn. Radio Free Brooklyn is the nonprofit community organization and freeform internet radio station streaming content by broadcasters, DJs, all local, right here in Brooklyn, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Of course, it is Radio Free Brooklyn's goal To empower and amplify the otherwise unheard voices within our communities and on the Junkin' Jam Hour, it is my objective to share and highlight the artistic and creative journeys behind the impressive projects and contributions of some of today's most talented, groundbreaking artists, entrepreneurs, and professionals of all kinds, all of whom... Are dedicated to bringing joy to others, so I do my best to bring joy to them. Now, my very special guest today originally acquired her sweet charm from the South, which we just learned is from Virginia, but her larger than life talents and savvy were destined for the big city. She has always been driven to approach each one of her creative and professional ventures in beauty, fashion, and in lifestyle with joy. And a smile. And as a makeup artist and connoisseur of color, shades, and hues, she decisively seeks to offer others not just gratification for their eyes, but for their souls as well. In fact... Her free-spirited approach to beauty is to use her gifts and platform as a vehicle through which she can cultivate pride and empowerment in those she is humbled to reach. As a self-taught makeup artist, she has successfully forged a 15-year and counting beauty career in which she has been the key holder to all of the doors she's opened for herself. With clients in television, film, fashion, beauty, and entertainment, she has led beauty and lifestyle campaigns for L, The Food Network, Interscope Records, Comedy Central, Cosmopolitan, Harper's Bazaar, VH1, HBO, Essence Magazine, The Oxygen Network, Black Enterprise Magazine, Johnson and Johnson, and Sephora. That's just to name a few guys. As a self-esteem educator and ambassador. With her partnership with the Dove Personal Care Brand, one of her many campaigns so far has included hashtag show us a campaign created with the goal of shattering unrealistic beauty stereotypes for women. That's just a a margin of her magnificent work. Her highly sought after flair for beauty has also garnered her some high profile clientele. All of whom entrusts her with keeping them in tip-top, fabulous form, including Olympic gold medalist uh, Gabby Douglas, actress Dominique Fishback, uh, recording artist K. Michelle, model actor Tyson Beckford, actress Zoe Bell. I mean, the list goes on. uh, Jason Derulo, Tanash, NBA athlete Kevin Durant, and rap legend M. C. Light. She was also makeup artist for the Me Too founder, Tarana Burke, when she appeared on the cover of the Black Enterprise magazine. What can't this woman do? I don't know. She's also a gifted writer and content creator with a revered editorial contributions on Beautylish.com, JetMag.com, and MadamNoir.com, as well as providing motivational insights and illustrations for the ultimate empowerment activity workbook, for her can't wait to talk about that she is truly an inspirational voice in the beauty industry with an incredibly diverse background and exceptionally unique approach to arming women of all kinds and all ages with the tools for elevating their self-worth excuse me promoting emotional wellness driving self-esteem and supporting many of the top issues affecting women and girls globally please help me welcome makeup artist, groomer, beauty ambassador, writer, illustrator, empowerment speaker, and entrepreneur, Miss Dre Brown. Hey, Dre. Hey, Christopher. Thank you so much for joining us. I adore you. How are you doing? Thank
0: you for having me.
1: This is going to be so much fun. Obviously, we have Lots to talk about. Now, Dre, you were born and raised in the South as uh, in Virginia, where you're at right now. You're visiting your mother?
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm here in Richmond, Virginia. I was um, born in Durham, North Carolina and then oh,
1: lived, Durham.
2: lived most of yeah, I lived most of my childhood in the Southeast Virginia area, nor- between Norfolk, Virginia Beach, that, that region. So like I love what we that. call the seven five seven area down there. Love but that. My mother and my sister now live in Richmond, so I am here um, for the meantime. You know, on some family business. But yeah, I'm 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 East Coast.
1: Yes, I'm, I'm, you I'm are a city cool. girl through I'm and through. You've lived it. In... Yeah. So yeah. so we're gonna talk about that um, okay. because. Right, you were. By the way, I remember you just reminded me that when I used to be a touring member of the New York Boys Choir, we used to go down to Durham as well to some of their churches. Really? Oh yeah.
2: Awesome. Awesome. S- See, that's that's magical. Like my um, my uncle, my father's brother, is was I believe he's retired now, but was the band director at Shaw University for a long time. So music and all that stuff. So maybe y'all paths crossed during your maybe. Choir days maybe um,
1: I mean we never know the degrees at this moment Durham
2: now if you go to Durham now it's like it's like Williamsburg Brooklyn yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) real fancy real fancy fancy. you guys got fancy on me who are you
2: I know but see I don't even remember it because I was so small when we lived there but it's definitely it's a vibe now like and so when I go visit my friends in Raleigh, it's like all the cool kids uh, live well. in Durham. Yeah. So just like you know, when you live when I lived in the city, it was like oh, you cool if you live in Brooklyn. If you live in the city, you cool, but you're really cool if you live in Brooklyn. So it's if, if you live in Raleigh, you're cool, but you're really cool if you live in Durham.
0: So
1: I love that. It's
2: a vibe
1: down there. It's a vibe. A so you you grew up in North Carolina. You grew up in Virginia. What eventually brought you to the city that never sleeps?
2: Oh, <laughs> see, New York has some few stops because I just don't think that I'm. I say that I, I'm. I was about to say something that has probably been on repeat like a tape in my mouth.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: but you you kind of have to listen to yourself as you're yes. evolving and hear what doesn't work anymore. So I was about to tell you that I never really was. I never really liked living in the South or mm. like a, the slow pace of the South, but it's I'm made you getting it more as an adult. Right. Getting more time here and stuff. Just learning that just there are different vibes that serve you at different times. Yes. In
0: life. But that's correct. Creatively,
2: I was just, I'm a fast moving mind. My brain is always kind of trying to be stimulated. So I always thought the city was where I needed to be to really get Full stimulation of all my creative activities. So I'm like, you know, I was into TV and art and all yeah. that, and my family was into music and stuff. So I was like, oh, I want to work in entertainment or I want to be on TV. And you couldn't, you know, I'm a, I'm 38, so I, I grew up in the late 80s, early 90s. You pretty much, our access point was to two places uh, Hollywood or New York City right you know you had your coastal points of interest and California seemed like a million miles away from me so I always had my eyes set on like maybe trying out New York and so when I got ready for college I said where do where do the people who end up successful in New York where do they go to school so I ended up going to Howard so that took me nice North for yeah. the first time, which was, like, I went from Virginia to D.C. And D.C. Yeah. is a whole vibe. D.C. make you feel real happy to be black. Yeah. Be like,
0: <laughs> As you should. Just, you know, how right. would how, how, will how make you do that anyway? <laughs> but
2: I, went, I went and I was, like, I talked real slowly. I was definitely country. Yeah. You know, I had kind of, like, probably rose-colored glasses for, like, what it lo- looked like to live in an urban city area because yeah. don't get it twisted. I didn't grow up in like the sticks where there were like tumbleweeds and stuff. I mean, I grew up in an urban area, um, lower income area in Virginia, but it was just a different um culture yeah. than what you yes. see in the inner city. That's right. So, you know, DC kinda got me got me case ready for New York. But I still like I worked in, in New York City on, you know, in summer internships when I was at Howard and I was just—it was I was just focused after I my love first that. summer internship in New York City.
1: Right. Um, well, Howard, well. I just in 2005, you started your career as a makeup artist, beauty advisor. You know, your yeah. your love for all things beauty had to have that started was like, yeah, before that was coming then. From Howard and having a lot of bills. <laughs> <laughs> so, but what was your Howard was not cheap. No. What was that pivotal moment then when you said, "You know what?" Because yes, you're you're you're. You're growing. You're you're getting your own edification. You know. You're mm-hmm. you're studying. You're you're becoming. Uh. You know. You're a young woman. What? But what was that pivotal moment where you said, "You know what? I love this. I am this. I am just gonna yeah. do it."
2: I, you know what? It was like necessity breeds invention. That's yes. like one of my favorite quote. Quotes because until you really need to do something. You know, ideas will sometimes have very, very shallow roots. You know, mm. they, they don't really get to get well founded until you have to your life that sets, sets you up circumstantially to need to do something. Yeah. So when I was at, at Howard, um, you know, I was grateful to have some support financially, but I still had to hustle. And I just sure. wasn't like, I'm not built for some of the more traditional part time jobs. You know, I just wasn't built. My brain didn't function that way. Like, I was not going to fold those shirts right at the gap. No. I <laughs> I just, I was be mad. And then we were going to have to just let you go, Dre. But I started, you know, Howard was a very creative school and had love a it. lot of opportunities for me to just see how my skills could fit. I love that. So I was doing, this is before YouTube, before yep. Instagram. So yep. I was doing makeup for dance teams and fashion shows. Love it. And, events and assisting and there wasn't uh, anybody there was no such thing as an influencer that was going to teach me how to bake an eye right in 20 seconds on youtube so it was a lot of when i say trial and error
1: (laughs) (laughs) girl you did that to her face how you let her go out like that
2: you know what though the thing is i'm gonna put this put, put it out to this when there was no point of comparison there
1: no that. but you should if you, you should feel free to experiment yeah. without comparing right. it to because anything yeah i had i you know i definitely you
2: remember those bright matte colors back in the day everybody was wearing matte eyeshadow
1: what, Twenty different. It, and Google it's the colors. most expensive right
2: mm-hmm. i was putting all 20 of them on <laughs> <this>. so, <laughs> you
1: know, which one's gonna right, work with no your right. eye color
2: I know I, I know I know there's no pictures of it now, but it was interesting because now you people don't trust themselves as much. Ah, uh, they have five hundred people on Instagram to compare to, but yeah. if you didn't have anybody to compare to, you were like, you know what, I don't think that looks too bad. Yeah, you can't and be you afraid. Went out and you lived your life. Yeah. So, so neither here nor there. That's really what propelled me when I got to New love York. It. You know that New York requires you to Man work up twice as hard. Yes. So I started my
1: day. I had a Superman. Put, a, put on your big girl pants. Mom, I love that. <laughs> yeah, cause I had, your I cape. Because my, my mama wasn't
2: playing. She said,
0: you're not moving to New York. Oh, well, so
1: so drive. so Dre, right. So that's my question, right? Because, you know, what did your family think about your ambitions? Because sometimes as artists, you know, visual artists, whatever, Our visions don't always constitute as real careers to others who are more practical.
2: Oh, no. My father is a soul singer.
1: Right. So he was already.
2: He always. My dad had all kinds of creative, um, uh, different careers in his lifetime. So my parents were always very supportive of us, whatever we wanted to do. So your mother's. Yes. My sister made clothes. Yes. Like we all had creative, you know, pursuits. Now, when it came to doing it for a living we didn't have examples of that
0: got it the most
2: in the beauty industry that we had was i had an aunt that owned a hair salon love it so that was probably the pinnacle of success as a beauty professional that we saw Mm -hmm. in a regular like environment so for me to say oh i want to go and i was working in television already but when um I told them, like, I'm making money doing makeup for people. My father's first thought was, you know, what you doing, working at funeral home? And I'm like, (laughs) our family is big in the church, and they have friends at funeral homes, and that's some good money, you know? Right, right, that's right. To go home. Yeah. You know, but no, daddy, I'm not doing that. I'm actually working on On the living, you know? yeah on the living and trying to make them look like they are very much alive Alive.
1: (laughs) (laughs) make us look alive while we're here
2: yes and so in new york it was just somewhere that i discovered um again my my beauty career started roughly in 2005 when i moved from dc to new york city and there still wasn't that that technologically based uh Network of creativity that we know now between YouTube and Instagram yes. and TikTok, where you could just demonstrate your work and really learn um, from other artists. So it was like a hustle to assist people. It was a hustle just to get on set, but I was grateful that I was working by day. I started my career at um, MTV Network. So when I Got out of college, and I convinced my mom that I was not going to be out here on the corner, no, um, trying to make anything, <laughs> not that anything is wrong with that, no, but not I for you. Be doing that once I convinced her that that wasn't the case, and she saw that I could actually put that on a tax return. She was yes, like, oh, that's right,
1: good. We see my, it. My
0: daughter, my daughter does the makeup, so
1: sometimes, and 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 not just the craft, right, but the business of it, you know. It, mm-hmm. There's no need to worry about explaining it and talking it up. You just do it. And that is yeah. how people see your, your, your dream come to fruition and, and really I can for tell yourself you too. I can
0: tell you. Yeah, pretty much. Right. So the just don't get it.
1: No. Well, and you can't really <laughs> expect them to. I mean, sometimes you don't even until you get it cracking.
2: I'd be like, I actually don't know. I'm just really, you know, I'm faith walking right now. Faith walking.
1: Hard. Walk so out on, that's I right. Know, I'm
2: gonna you and I'm gonna give you am right. gonna send
1: you my portfolio right in, in one week. So, <laughs> yes. so, Dre, the general meaning of makeup and beauty I, I just uh, I pulled up a little definition here makeup can accentuate a person's, it says here, best features. There are many different reasons why people, of course, wear makeup, they include things like looking younger and having clear looking skin. Uh, The study of beauty and makeup is designed to teach the techniques that will help, you know, help create certain looks, different looks. In your experience, let's start here, personal, outside of entertainment. What is one of the features of a woman's face that she often tends to want to highlight or hide and why?
2: Well, the thing about it is sometimes I think, I think makeup is so, is one of those things that has such a, um... Very, very subjective definition. Right. Right. I don't think that every like because I I've often like working not just as an artist but also in beauty education where that's right. I work with people to actually figure out where their beauty beliefs come from. So like right your beliefs Uh,
1: stereotypes stigmas
2: Yeah, yeah they're experiential right right so like if you grow up you know thinking that lipstick is makeup and that's the extent of it because your grandmother and your mother when they got ready it took them five minutes because the extent of what they did was put on their the one shade of lipstick that they yeah and it also served as rouge exactly you're going to subscribe to probably a more minimalistic approach Mm. whereas if you grew up in your you know grandmother had a vanity full of um Compacts, and she took her time, and it was a ritual. And there were skincare products, and there were cold creams right. and brushes. And right. When you the the experience is shaped differently. It is. So when I talk to someone and I get a client before I even touch their face, I'm like, talk to me about what you like about your face. Right. Because
1: everything the first else
2: thing that an artist encounters often is what the woman doesn't like.
0: Right.
2: So I'm like, don't. Come, I'm like, don't rattle off your laundry list of <laughs> because, fix because right. i'm not here to fix anything because they know broke you know but yes. i want people to tell me what they like when they look at themselves in the mirror like i, can I tell like you what that I like. I like my eyes i like my eyebrows and i like the way my cheeks look when i smile right yes. i could also tell you I don't you know, I don't like or I'm not favorable to my dark circles, my acne scars, and, you know, a little bit of the fine lines that's showing that a sister is, you know, creeping up on forty like a big dog. I don't care about those things. But if I were to tell you that I really love my skin, my eyebrows and my smile, you're going to be more inclined to take that and run with it and say, Oh my God, of course your skin is magical. Let's go and like make that more luminous so that right. everybody can see
0: it. Make it so more you luminous. Street,
2: you know, or oh my god, of course you love your lips cuz they are, right. you know, they have such a unique shape. Let's put some color on them so everyone can really see how, you know, unique the shape of your lips are. Or yes, brows. Like let's like brush them out. Let's give them some some, you know, self-care today and let them let them take their stage. You know, maybe we pull your hair back and we let that just be the look today. Yeah, like It doesn't always... I think that when people embrace makeup formulaically and, you know, thinking that one technique... Mm. Fits every phase it doesn't it has to be it has to take you an hour or it has to be um makeup has to have a certain brand or i just i i'm like good night i can't i can't subscribe to that because i really believe that and a part of it is because i'm like I'm very into, I've always been into, like, black nostalgia and, like, our dope culture <laughs> right. as black folks. And, so, like, so, my thing is, it's like, if you look at some of the icons, beauty icons mm-hmm. in our history 50 years ago, if you didn't have a bathroom you damn sure didn't have a full makeup kit full of bars. no you used what you had you used so what you had
1: pencils they,
0: they
2: focused on what they wanted to accentuate yeah because they worked within their means so my thing is is like if our answer get the little come q-tip come they get the little like q-tip stars, out and dip it in yeah hmm. yeah i just really think that we are we, we look at makeup as almost like something that should be shamed or something that should be, mm. um you know limited to oh you got to want to cover something up or you you're either one of those girls that wears way too much i think it's really a personal choice and it's a self a thing of self-expression just like your clothing right everyone
1: everyone is unique and 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 obviously because beauty as you said is subjective and you yourself you know you're an advocate for self-value self-care Makeup can be beyond the outer looks. It doesn't have to just be vanity. It could also be a tool of empowerment for themselves. Yeah. So now... It's
2: nice. Like, when you feel better, you give your best to the world. Like, And it's not sometimes because you look a certain way. When people feel like they look their best, they they give more of themselves to the world. So that's really about it. It's just being able to show up more authentically and more complete. And then the world gets to deal with that. And usually that results to be in me and you just having fuller experiences, better memories, better relationships.
1: Better you know. memories. I love that. Well, according to MakeupAnalysis.com, and, and this fits into what you – because there are phys- physiological effects – that you know of wearing makeup, and um, some of them being we talked about this. Uh, you know it affects your self esteem. It could boost your confidence level, as you were just saying. It can make you feel more attractive, and as you said earlier, it definitely could showcase your personality. Whatever's on the inside, you can have fun on the outside. Color, whatever it is, and obviously that includes hair. What does makeup and hair, you know, uh, do for you personally? <laughs> How does it attribute to oh, your well being?
2: I mean, if you were to follow me on Instagram, <laughs> you could tell that that is something like when Dre changes her hair, she, she up to something. Which and is pretty, you could. Pretty frequently. You um, could have
1: fun with well, all of that. It's, my,
2: it's one of my chosen... It's always been my mode of self-expression, but yeah. the roots of it were rooted in a lot of my own um, myself uh, love journey. Because like, mm. I got good at makeup because in high school... I had a lot of skin issues and I had an inflammatory condition that I didn't know and that I had until I was an adult. And it caused me a lot of skin issues. And because I was young, I wanted to cover it up. I wasn't as aggressive in pursuing like what is really the origin. So I just said, let me get good at makeup because I can at least cover it up. So I started to get good with technique from that. But then, when I re- really got into learning about the, you know, deeper ramifications, like all of those psyche, those physiological and psychological, um, you know, advantages of just engaging in a self care practice or a skincare practice or some aesthetic grooming practice, I was able to say, you know what? Just because I technically know how to do these things. I don't, you don't always have to flex those skills for every, um, you know, instance, you know, I can appreciate my skin and I can get it to a point where I don't necessarily need all of those things. But for me, it's really artistic and, and creative. Expression. Yes. Like and- I love being blonde, but sometimes my hair, is yes. my natural color, which is almost black since, you know, the pandemic, I didn't, I didn't really dye my hair. So I was doing a lot more wigs and wigs. Yeah. I was growing my natural hair color out. People saw me with black hair for the first time in ten years and were like, Oh my God, Dre, I never noticed like, you know, the color of your eyes because it's different it looks different when your hair yes. is darker. And it's like for me, it was never like, Oh no, what am I gonna do? I can't groom myself the way I used to. That's, you know, a problem. I always see it as an opportunity, so when I can influence others to choose that, too, I think it relieves some of the pressure, <laughs> you know, that comes with it. Because some people, if they can't do it, quote unquote, right, they don't want to do it at all. And there is no wrong way to do it. If right. Feel good
1: you just it. learn how to do it for yourself. You're really learning your face. You're really learning your palette, yeah. your taste, whatever that may be, style.
2: And it's what you can wash it off. You can wash it off.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is right. That is right. Just
2: because it's on Instagram does not mean it is tattooed on your life. Well,
1: well, Dre. Some people have tattooed their eyebrows and eyeliner on, but that's a different story. And
2: even that, even that, we can
1: work with. Right. Clients
2: who have that too, and I'm like, look. How do you feel about it? You want to learn some tricks that can give you some more options? Because yeah. in 95, when you had that done, it was lit and it's not so lit anymore. Okay, let's give you some options. I never want people to ever feel bad about their choices. But you still have, um, you have to see kind of like your flexibility. And as much as possible, I think you should play with it so that you leave yourself more options when it comes time that you have to make a change. Yeah, You know, it's, yeah. just like, it's like shopping in your own closet, basically.
1: Shopping your own closet. Now, your artistry, um, you know, extends from fashion, beauty to entertainment, lifestyle. You do some editorial work. A lot of your work is not just about how the person looks and, of course, how they feel, but what works well for the lighting, you know, the clothing that they're going to be wearing, you know, what best captures the mood of the shoot or the filming. Mm-hmm. Um, How... Is there any jobs out of all of those that you specifically look for or that you like working on the best? Or
2: Oh, well, I am a very, very... I've been blessed to have a lot of really, really cool yeah. um, creative experiences. My favorite is narrative film. So
1: mm. I like
2: to tell... I like to be a part of a storytelling journey. So um, Because because the I clothing,
1: got, the the shoes, the hair and makeup is can be its own characters yeah, too. Yeah.
2: You know what? But be even bigger than that, the first, like when I got introduced to narrative, it was through a couple of um, director, writer directors that took risks on inviting me into the process. Like I had no, I had a lot of makeup experience. I had done TV, but I had never character built. Right. Mm. And and these weren't, Mm. this was not narrative um, film that was telling stories about people falling in love and taking, you know, vacations. These were films about the human condition. Yes. And so I had to learn how skin treatments and different types of hair and makeup techniques could help a character better represent
1: where, wherever they were in the story.
2: Where they are in the story, and so, and I'm really into watching movies. So my thing is like that. sometimes I'll be sucked into a movie so deeply because the the aesthetics are so well done that I forget that the actor is who is an actor, like, or I forget that this is the story is not real. Like I literally feel that some of those elements really do. Um, help to tell the story yeah. or or on the flip side I know somebody out there listening has watched a movie and it's messed up their whole vibe because they'll see something that should have probably been covered up with makeup because it doesn't mm. make sense
0: you see an
2: old, <laughs> well, West, old western yes. and brother got a pookie c- tattoo on his neck Yeah, like wait a second that doesn't make any sense You yeah. know, so just as, <laughs> in the same respect I appreciate the the way that I can be in the conversation with the director at day one, part of the train, I told you, unfortunately. The choo-choo train's on its way. Yeah, you know, the the train is coming to town. It's proud Mary. She joined (laughs) the conversation.
1: We can still hear you. She's gonna keep on burning
2: and keep on you know, burning.
1: So, Um, so Dre.
2: No, but basically that is how I see it sometimes. It's like, if i can be if i can sit down and start the conversation before i ever meet the actors and then 6 months later i've been able to be a part of every round of development yes. and then i finally get to see those those looks come to life on a real actor it's just it's fulfilling on another so level so
1: you are a method makeup artist <laughs> yeah.
2: Could say that christopher i feel like <laughs> I, and I have a lot of method actor friends so uh-huh. I feel, I'm, I'm gonna take that you yes, get steeped you it. get
1: involved you get to know the story yeah. you get to know the characters now um
2: you have no idea like if i'm i had a, i had to literally make um an actor um appear as if he had lived on the streets mm. for quite some time and they're and just like, beautiful real dirt yeah. Oh, I need real dirt yes. I'm not playing with y'all so I have my assistant I'm like go give me some real dirt
0: so now
1: and you're learning dirt. to learn and, and you're also learning how does this new texture or substance works yeah. that you've never used before it's
2: just that, yeah it's just real it's just so like it feels like being a little kid and just playing you know because when you're a little kid nobody can tell you that refrigerator box is not your post office no (laughs) (laughs) even if if they prove even if they prove that it wasn't you'd be like whatever
0: this is the best
2: post office ever and that's why you're not gonna get your mail tomorrow that's why like we you know what you when i decide that i see something it doesn't always It's not always apparent to everybody else, but it's dope to be a part of a crew. Yes. That's like, we see it. Everyone
1: everyone trusts each other's (laughs) contribution, yeah. Yes, absolutely. So now, Dre, you were the makeup artist for Me Too founder Tarana Burke when she appeared on the cover of the Black Enterprise magazine. Me Too, of course, for our listeners, uh, does important work to provide a platform, safe space for victims and survivors of sexual assault and harassment. More specifically... Uh, the Me Too organization provides support to young women of color from low wealth communities and help them find pathways to healing it is no secret, Dre, that sexual violence has been pervasive in some of the entertainment and fashion industries have you ever had to endure, confront, or even yourself provide a safe space for I don't know, models, actresses, peers or colleagues who may have been violated themselves we're getting we're getting deep
2: (laughs) oh i'm sorry personally no but um what's crazy is that i'm not surprised yeah you know for for all intents and purposes like i don't think any type of creative space would be cooler um would would,
0: would be cool
2: at all with without women so just like okay um but it doesn't matter if it's women or men if you're not one thing that kills creativity and kills the, the opportunity to create something dope is if someone doesn't feel like they can be safely Safe. themselves in a space so i'm just grateful that i haven't experienced that yeah the people that's that I wonderful care about. i work very tribally with, with in production so some of the people i've worked with i've been on cruise with I them on tribally. 10 different projects over 10 yes, years yes and when you See people you look out for your folks. yes um not to say that that doesn't you know that's a blanket of protection and that you shouldn't be keep your eyes and ears open for spaces like that but i'm just grateful that the people i work with male female um and all of it in between we all really respect each other just as human beings and it just makes the work you know the work environment that much more yes. um, open and inclusive. So I'm grateful that I haven't had to do that. Yeah. But and I would because I'm, I'm a little crazy like that. And I'd be like, I'm 5'2", but please don't get it. Right, right. I don't want to have to don't. take my earring No. Because <laughs> right now it's I getting don't. caught
1: in the wigs and I have to take the wig off too.
2: I know. I don't want to have to just get comfortable up in here. Right. It is, just like, it, is it is. something that um, I know I teach young women... In the curriculum that um, I lead and curate for Dove. Yes. We, so so we often um, yeah. talk about being an advocate for people, and we teach kids how to, um, you know, stand up for each other um, w- in the face of bullies and in the face right. of, of people who might not, who might want to say something about your unique type of beauty. Mm. And so. If we can't if we're teaching kids that, like, I really do advise You have to be you it. You know, I have to sometimes I, I I bully myself. I'm not sitting up here, you know, my sister and my best friends and stuff will be like, Dre, what would you tell a ten year old in this moment? And I'm like, yup, Yep, yep, yeah. okay. Check yourself. <laughs> Check so it. the same thing about being able to be an advocate, like sometimes people don't wanna get involved or wanna bother anybody. <laughs> bother
0: somebody. Bothers somebody.
1: Well, I want to ask you this because the only way that they get right. I I love that you say that bothers somebody and then and then I do want to talk about your partnership with Dove Brand. But do you find that women of color can be more vulnerable or susceptible to whatever, harassment, abuse, because the opportunities that are afforded to them, or they're scarce, especially... Well, maybe not as much now, but, you know, historically, they have been, especially in the beauty industry, and maybe they're just trying to keep their income so they don't want to ruffle any feathers.
2: You know what? I don't even know i just think that i heard and i'm not going to attribute the quote right but (laughs) it's okay i want to say it was malcolm x and i'm almost like 98 percent certain but um it was said that the the least protected uh person or uh, class of people in america is the black woman yes i can't say i fully disagree the reason is it's like not that there are other women who are not as susceptible to all of the um Transgressions and the the potential um, threats. What I feel is that um, we have a lot of systemic and kind of cultural um, norms that we navigate every day. That yes, back, just like we see with a lot of black men who just have systemically limited um, opportunities that yeah. are stacked against them right as soon as they wake up in the morning. Yeah. So what I feel like when it when it comes to having arming black women or arming women of color um, with, when navigating their opportunities is to be each other's um, keeper, like each other's advocate, you know, to not like, one of the things that really just, we have to get out of our head is that there's not enough opportunity and space for all of us to get up in this swimming pool and kick it, you know? And what I think is once we know that we're not competing for everything, and I'm yeah. not saying jobs, men, you know, beauty, uh, friends, uh, you know, followers, we're not competing. And once we get that out of our, out of our, um, our socialization and the mindset that we have when we approach our living, we can get to basically stand up for each other and make waves yeah. for each other. I actually believe that most of the opportunities I've had professionally that have given me the success I've had have come from black women that i've built relationships with yes. with just wanting to see me win
0: yeah you yes know? and
2: it's like so and i do the same thing for women of all nationalities but specifically when i see a sister that's just like oh you're great like with other makeup artists i never think that giving them a job that i can't take for some, whatever reason is taking sorry about that is taking out of my pocket you know they if if
1: if i'm going you're going to right you know if i'm getting there we're all getting there together
2: yes and and literally you gaining is not me losing right because what's what's for me is already figured out and i'm not going to you know disadvantage i'm not i don't see helping you as a means of disadvantage right
1: right i love that and that's
2: something that, that we gave. somebody gave that to us and i think you know i'm not gonna get <laughs> too deep with you, <laughs> you, know, you, <laughs>
1: you it's it's been hit been... against each other yeah to yes
2: favor and that's why we compete and we don't even realize why we're yeah. competing with each other and there's enough for all of us and that's something that we really have to break is just knowing that just because people always said you know we're fighting for the seat at the table why i want the whole table and i want all the chairs
1: and i want all of you to be there with me <laughs> yeah and
2: that's the reason i want all the chairs yeah all of us have a seat. so yeah. let's just you know let's just buy the whole table i love that so um yeah all right that's, Dre. Another, that's
1: another hour <laughs> that's another hour dream round i know well Listen, you, you know, many years black women specifically have been told their hair is too dark and nappy, their butts are too big, their nose is too wide, their lips is too plump, their clothes style, you know, color choices It is just too ghetto. You know, of course, until it became mainstream, and uh, yeah, until so somebody white thought it was cute, it was where, ghetto. Where, well, you know, it's it's being poorly appropriated. Hello, Chloe, okay. Kylie, and Kim, but you know. When we think of beauty and makeup for a long time, you know, there was, you know, for a lot of women of color, lack of makeup and beauty products in the market that specifically catered to, to them, you know, that, that, that didn't just tell them here, you know, go and relax your hair and get out of here. You know, but, but obviously today, you know, there are more products that cater.s it caters to sisters of all colors. I know you've worked with Fenty yourself, Fenty Iman Cosmetics, uh, Black Up, Black Opal. Even I know um, some some of my friends use It Cosmetics. But before that,
2: yeah, I love I love so many brands, and like yeah. I do appreciate the you know as a makeup artist, you know one thing that we realize is that um, you have to like if you go into an artist. Uh, you know, a painter's room, you're mm-hmm. not going to see one brand of paint and one brand of brushes. You're right. going to see a variety of, of um, resources to create with, right? So, what I believe in is I build my my collection based off of one utility and access. But what I am very serious about, and so like I'm a member of a a organization called 25 black women in beauty, which is an organization of leaders in the beauty industry who are of color and who are women. And we specifically want to raise um, the awareness of the fact that literally there are so many black brands That are thriving that are creating really exceptional cutting-edge products and it's not for lack of just awareness that um that they may not you know they're they're not quite as as successful as some of the more mainstream brands yeah they're great if not better and so what my new charge for myself has been is not just i've always made sure i had a wide variety of shades because working in specifically in fashion you're going to see models from every part of the globe. So it's not just working in your comfort zone with people who look like you, even if that is looking like you as a medium skinned black woman, you know, no, I need to be able to not just match myself, but match every single spectrum. And
1: well, you, you know, have to what, mix and match. Yeah. And, 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 yeah so and I've
2: always been big on that.
1: Your but toolbox is big.
2: Now, <laughs> oh yeah. My box is, it's, it's well crafted it's yes it used to be huge but now i know that you can do less you can do more with less mm. but what i am passionate about right now is making sure that at, i want 80 percent of my makeup kit to be uh black founded or black run and i appreciate that in the last maybe six months especially over uh the pandemic um, I've learned and got to spend more time getting to know brands that I didn't know before. Mm-hmm. And I got to stop and, you know, pull over to the side of the road and see what was out there because when you're moving a miles an out a million miles an hour, and you're on auto ship for most of your mainstream brands, I'm just refilling my kit the way I always do, and I could stop and say, No, wait, that's great. We know that they have that. But let's see who else makes something really cool that's similar yes. to that. And that money is going back into an entre- entrepreneur yeah. in your community. So, um, I'm really passionate about that. I haven't been doing as much makeup traditionally as I did before the, um, I finished the show right before the New York shutdown for the pandemic. Mm. And I can't wait to get back on set. Um, regularly but until then i will be like stocking my kit and getting ready I love that. with a lot of the new black brands that i discovered and i can't wait it feels really good to like know that i can do that i could actually do a hundred percent um mm. of my kit black owned and feel confident yes it's so much i'm i'm hype <laughs> so that yeah,
1: is I'm amazing good. i love that yeah, and and, and so you know you so so I guess the the question is in terms of television film or even just private clientele do you find yourselves yourself being requisitioned by uh black television producers and you know black actresses and artists who really do want someone who understands their skin and hair
2: Oh yeah I mean it's it's very much like you get you you it's and now don't get me wrong i have some amazing non-black artists who sure. have worked with me yes. for decades yes and they can snatch a black face like nobody's business Love they it. know how to make our skin look the magic as magical as it really is right now but what i do see is i see in the process before i'm getting to set I see the producers, the creative directors, the talent um, directors calling and asking specifically about things that I know are culturally um, compassionate or culturally aware. Ah. And that makes me feel good because it's, it's not that the talent, the talent is going to tell you what they like or the person who's getting their makeup done. I feel good when their entire team cares about it Yes.
0: because yes. then
2: it's not just them making sure that they have to make it plain. Cause at the end of the day, they have to tell me if they're with it or not, but I just appreciate down to, you know, the all levels of the machine. I'm seeing more awareness and more care taken to just call a state of state and say, yeah, you know, we want to make sure you can, um, you can you know get with um this talent and make them feel as you know actualized and authentic and beautiful and fresh and comfortable because yes. that's when they're going to give their best work whether, whether it be for an interview or to be on set or whatever um so yeah i do feel like i'm getting more of um i'm meeting more people who just asking the right questions
0: i love
1: that so so, so you do so much straight, obviously. You know, we know you can't wait to get back into entertainment, but, you know, you, you've you been busy. You, you're, you know, with your partnership with the Dove brand, your self-esteem um, and self-esteem educator and, of course, nationwide ambassador um, for the Dove Self-Esteem Project. You know, you help empower women of all ages. Um, and they also provide resources for parents and mentors to help raise young people's self-esteem. Obviously, of course. Young woman. um, One of their missions is to is to help young people reach their full potential by delivering quality body confidence and self esteem education, um, which I love. I mean, that's such a big dedication. You've also you've also uh, helped co author um, and illustrate the Ultimate Empowerment Activity Workbook for her when when she's
2: actually my sister wrote and Siobhan Brown. Yeah, I, I'm
1: gonna, I'm gonna, I want to say her name is Nat. I saw that somewhere, but
2: we, well, if you if you follow anything on my, like we have this this um, sisterly content series we do called "You Got This" because we Chew call got this a it's a long story. You got to watch.
0: Yeah, it. <laughs>
1: okay.
2: But <laughs> we got. we collaborated. My sister had been writing this book um, through her own practice of self self care and self wellness, right, for over three years, but the pandemic really pushed us into a yes. state where we're like well, we're bored and we have to do something or we're going to go crazy but at the end of the day people also need resources for taking care of themselves in the midst of all
0: this chaos Yes. so
2: she was writing her book and creating it honestly unbeknownst to me for a good little while and then the, the stars aligned in the pandemic and she realized my sister and I are very very close but even in, in being so close she didn't realize that I could Draw as well as I did
0: because Mm. she knew I was an
2: artist.
1: So you both surprised each other, yeah.
2: We were hanging out in the house because we were supposed to be in Peru for her birthday. (laughs) We ended up hanging out at my house in Philly, and I'm drawing, and she's like, "Because I was bored, I was getting coloring books and I was drawing myself and going crazy." And she said, "I never knew what the you know how much of an artist you were." So we started talking about collaborating on the book. So I created. these coloring pages um, for the workbook, and I also wrote the the forward or the what we call the forwarding notes. Yes, um, F O R W A R D. So, so just for um, our listeners, they, by the
1: way, uh, the ultimate empower activity workbook for her, which you co-authored with your sister, um, there's. Available on Amazon, They're, it includes engaging exercises, stories, games, opportunities for artistic expression um, yes. to inspire the minds and hearts of women. Obviously, each activity is designed, you know, for the wellness, to still the spirit, entertain the soul. I love that. Yes. Um,
2: we, like, my sister is my, like, everyone has to have their compass. She's like my north star when I get and and trust me, I can empower others, but that doesn't always mean that I'm good at doing it myself. So mm. she is definitely um, my go-to person, and so it was really really cool to discover some new practices because when you're in the work of self-care and empowerment, right? Look, my, tools are my business.
1: How do you, you refill must- yourself? How do you fill your own cup back? Exactly. How do you how do you do my that for yourself? Like, yeah. Oh.
2: Well, for me, it's really just, like, spending time with family, getting grounded in the sense of, like, being around people who I can be Andrea Brown for. Who remind
1: you you of who you are. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So you don't want to be on all the time.
2: Exactly. It's, like, the comfort level, like, I'll be honest, being here with my family this past month, you know, in support of my mom's, you know, recovery from surgery has been... Crazy but also very grounding And very reaffirming of things That matter so my values Get re-fortified When I'm with my family so that No matter what city I'm living In I get humbled and I go Back and I'm like I know what matters So I just don't get sucked up Into the um, You know the ether of, of Of what the world wants me To be I can remind myself of What I you know Appraise myself on and yeah, so that's how I keep the cup full. And just remember that not everybody gets to do a job that is is soul soothing like this. Not everybody gets to go into a room and stand in front of a hundred plus women and make them feel good and get a check for it. And that actually something right. that you know, I'm like, I don't a lasting
1: positive effect. Sure. And 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 your work, yeah. you know, stays. And it magnifies and it grows when you leave the room and then these people carry it with them. Yeah, so, I'm but, very grateful. So, so for the listeners, again, the Ultimate Empowerment Activity Workbook for her, you can find it on Amazon. There's two versions. The original version is a grab and go, yes, right?
2: And the deluxe. Yeah, the deluxe is full color and the original is black and white. They are both very powerful. You get a, you get a few bonus activities in there I love that. So, um, but no matter what, if you are supporting a black business, yes, you know, own business. please do. Yes, more to come from that,
1: too. More to come now. Um, oh, you know, we're already running out of time, time flies by so fast. <laughs> I love talking to you. You <laughs> recently were a guest speaker on a clubhouse panel discussion about self talk, um, yeah, yeah, and yeah, and and the It pretty much had to do with what you say to yourself matters. Now, you recently discussed something similar at a Dove workshop. I'm going to play that real quick, if you don't mind. Oh, yes. Let's play that. This is Jay Brown at her Dove workshop. Let me lower this, right?
2: Now, India Ari has a song, and in it she says, the words that come from your mouth, you're the first to hear. And what that has always told me is that it doesn't matter What I'm saying about myself, if I ignore it and don't believe it, or if I'm saying it and it doesn't really connect with what I authentically feel. So I have to speak and hear my own words, proclaim and understand that I'm hearing that just like the person I'm hearing from.
1: Dre, you are amazing.
2: Oh, thank you. That was, uh, I think, at Summit 21. Yeah, that was cool. So I was talking to a bunch of awesome grown women at that (laughs) (laughs) day.
1: Why are the words we speak into existence, you know, things we claim so powerful? How can we harness that power for greater things, not just for ourselves, but for others?
2: I think because you can talk your way out of something just like you can talk your way into it. Like, my sister is also again i tell you she she's one of my my guys in my life for a lot of my my wisdom but she will always check me if she hears me say something that is limiting mm. you know i'm really good i'm pretty good on negative self-talk when it comes to my body and things that like you know i've worked really hard on some things around my aesthetics and just like my my body and myself but there's some times that we can speak ourselves out of possibility by by just limiting what we don't know is ahead, you know, even if it's like, I don't have enough time, you know, I'm going to say, I don't have time for that. (laughs) If you decide that I have time, time, I will have time, you know, so, you know, just like you tell your friends, oh, if they say, oh, I'm fat, no, you're not, but if you say, oh, I don't have enough time, that's limiting just like, just as much as saying that you're fat, so, you know, we, we get to be really connected to what we say and that our words are just verbalized thoughts so to get even deeper is we have to really own up to the things that we're thinking because one one thing i know is i can't be fraudulent and do my job very well you know i can be in progress like i don't i struggle like everybody yes being concerned yeah i can still teach others how to strengthen theirs but what i will say is that i can't I have to walk the walk and talk the talk because otherwise it's all going to fall apart because it can't really stand on anything. So what I try to do is often just listen to myself Mm. and really say, do I believe that? Yes. You know, do I really believe that? And it's not like once it comes out of your mouth that you failed, it is like, okay, we'll sit there a second and say something else. Decide that you want to declare something better. So me, I'm, I'm working now and, and kind of speaking, you know, I really embrace the abundance of life. You know, the pandemic has made us feel limited and made us feel kind of restricted. And or,
1: I, or you found yourself to be more resourceful, and you found new yeah, creative ways I of just doing things. Abundantly, yeah,
2: exactly. I just want to think. You know, I want to think in the way of the world being free and yes. open, and not, <laughs> you know, not afraid, so, not a scary place. So many you people
1: know, I, have lost their lives because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So many. People continue,
2: yeah, to and lose it's, their it's lives. Not something we're gonna really be able to get away from soon. You know, a yeah. lot of people are getting back, or quote unquote, back to life. I don't know what back to life looks like, but I am going to embrace the
1: yes. moment that
2: I have. You know, every day to say I'm gonna make it as good as I can make it today.
1: For and, not just for you, you know, but for others, right? When when yeah,
2: because it gets to be, and it's never. It's never, a, <laughs> what I'm learning is that our individual journeys are never really about ourselves. No, <laughs> right. Really well, it's not like we got here by ourselves. Absolutely. So, you know, that's something that gives me comfort when I, I love that. To rest my mind about something. I'm an overthinker sometimes. Dre,
1: so. thank God you're an overthinker. I mean, you have to, <laughs> sometimes you have to let out, even if it's garbage, we're going to trash some of our thoughts. They all have to come out. That's how we flush through them, yeah. right? So you... Detox. detox. So th- thank you so much. Uh, we never have time <laughs> to talk about everything. Thank you so much for the time you have spent with me on the oh, Junkie Jam Hour right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Dre, for everyone listening, you can find out more about Dre Brown at www.drebrown.com. She's on Instagram at the underscore Dre underscore Brown because she is the Dre Brown. Dre Brown. <laughs> Is not another <laughs> Facebook, uh, Dre Brown, uh, NYC. Um, I don't know if you are keeping up the blog, but you could find her at adreinthelife.com as well.
2: Yes, there'll be more coming from that, and I'm actually starting um, uh, a new content series.
0: This episode and all episodes of the Junk and Jam Hour can be streamed on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeart Podcasts. Google Play Music and simply tell Alexa, play the Junk and Jam Hour. Thank you.